0: Welcome to episode 3 of the Strap It Down podcast. This is your host, Sudsy. I'm here with Schwabi and Mush. We got, we got a live show today. We're in my garage, all together for the first time. Super pumped about it, gentlemen. What's going on? How you doing, Nikki? Hey, this is. I'm uh, looking forward to having us finally together. I mean, I think this
1: is the first time I've seen Mush in, I don't know, a few months. Just but. the fact that we can hold hands together at one table is phenomenal.
0: So, if you were with us last week, uh, that was Mush's first show. We were doing it virtually since he's up in Door County. So, again, this is our first show together. We're going to get rolling. We're going to start this week with a recap of the past week. Schwabi, what do you got for me in the recap?
2: Well, uh, you know, this this most recent series with the Dodgers has been a little bit of a letdown after winning the first game. But we did win the series against the Rays, which was a a
0: big step um, and definitely was a a positive note. Yeah, I mean, so – we played the Rays, lost the first game. We talked about it last week. We had game one McClanahan against, at the time, we thought it was Vince. We got the live news that it was Martin Davis was getting the call up. We actually had a shot in that first game. Yeah, Lose game one, which probably expected at that point. And then game two, Burger with just the most clutch hit probably of the year. Two-run bomb to take the lead in the eighth. Oh, Steel- it was absolutely, absolutely huge. I mean, just a huge hit. So you steal game two, and then game three, if I remember correctly, I think we jump out to a 6-0, 6-0 lead, which was finally, as a Sox fan, it's like what you've been waiting for. Get out to a big lead, and maybe maybe we coast a little bit, and then I think the fifth inning hits, and back to where we were before looking like we're going to blow It It was hanging on for dear life at the end of that one. So we end up closing it out. The bullpen was nails. Huge win. I can't remember the last time we took a series in Tampa. Just absolutely massive what the, what we needed going into the home series against the Dodgers this past week. Game 1, probably the best game of the year. Big Mike just mowing them down. Would you would you guys think of Big Mike in game 1 there against the Dodgers? I think
2: two things. Two things were impressive, right? A, he rebounded off his worst start of the year and pitched really well. And the second thing is, he
1: has pitched his best against the best teams. Yeah, and I agree with you. I think it's his savvy. I think it's his ego that can keep up with that mentality. You know, is it going to be consistent? I don't know. We'll see when he plays the guys, the bottom, the bottom barrel talent like Kansas City, Kansas City Royals. Um, but he's got the swagger up there to keep up with the best.
0: I love that he gets up big for big games. He's got that. He's got that crazy look. You know, I I think there was back when he was in the minors for Boston. Pretty sure he got in a fight with his own team. Got suspended. He's got he's got a little bit of an edge to him, which I think this team needs. Yeah. And I love that. And going back to your point, Schwabe, I think I saw a tweet about so. He, he had against first place teams. I think he's faced the Yankees twice, the Dodgers, and the Twins, and just has absolutely dominated them.
2: Oh, he's been he's been you know exceptional this year. Um, biggest questions with him are I mean are just always how deep he can go into games, right? When that's that's a, a mixture of him getting ahead of the counts, as well as you know them just having
0: confidence and letting him get into the higher pitch counts. So the start before we talked about it, and. That was when I was making the comparison to Rodan, if you remember. They gave him right. the 10 days rest, right? And you can't even blame Mike for that. I mean, who, Who's going to pitch good off 10 days rest? It's just you, you get so out of rhythm, especially as a, as a pitcher. You need that consistency every four or five days to get out there. You're not
1: – so – As much as I want to agree with you, these are professional athletes making millions of dollars. It's like you could take a day off or two. And True. I agree that you know getting into a rhythm and, and being able to stretch out and being able to you know stay physically healthy and mentally healthy is important. But these guys should be able to do it and turn it on, turn it off whenever they want. I the best it, in the world we're talking I, about. It's a
0: good point. I, I think that's tough for a starting pitcher, though. It, it's different than – well, we can make the same argument for why we can't score runs with Tony's lineup. But it's hard as a starting pitcher if just – after after starting after with four or five days rest every game and then all of a sudden they come and say okay we're gonna give you we're gonna give you 10 days now let's see how you feel it's you're totally off your i mean i'm a i'm a creature of habit we're all creatures of habit and when you when that happens it just and especially in baseball in professional yeah. baseball when you have to be that good the littlest thing can throw you off your game so game one against the Dodgers. Unbelievable. When Tony actually, let's give some credit where it's credit, credit is due. Tony managed a good game. There was a, the the play of the game, if you recall, I think it was the sixth inning Pollock pinch hit for Sheets. I, I don't necessarily give credit to Tony for that move. I think it was more Dave Roberts not knowing who he's managing against. Right. Dave
1: didn't get the Tony playbook. <laughs> I mean, in that sense, you're going to call it he got out right So
0: Dave Roberts brings in. And I tweeted this from the Strap It Down uh, Twitter handle before it even happened. I said, Sox fans are very happy about this pitching change. At Strap It Down CWS. <laughs> so <laughs> they they bring in David Price, a lefty. And if anybody knows Tony La Russa, like White Sox fans know Tony La Russa, there's no chance that he's putting a left-handed hitter as a left-handed reliever coming into the game. I
2: mean, it's, it's it's math, just ask Tony. It's the way he does things.
0: <laughs> so AJ Pollock comes in a pinch hit, gets his old team, double down the line. Right. Just tickled it down the line, <laughs> tickled it. Gives him the lead. They take game, uh, game two, I'm sorry, game one. And now we're feeling great. Twins lose that day. We get within four of the division. Then we get Wednesday and Thursday's game. I I don't know where you want me to start here. but Well, let's start when I texted you guys about the lineup. Leary leading off. (laughs) Like, he finally got it right. You know what? I interrupted you. We're we're jumping ahead. We are jumping ahead. This is supposed to be the recap and look forward segment. So, anyway, let, let me finish. You always look back, though. Let me like finish PMA, my th- Mr. Negativity over there. Let me finish my thought. Well, there's not a lot of positive things to talk about right now. Let me finish my thought. So, okay, so game two, we lose to the Dodgers. And then game three today, back and forth game. A lot to say about the game today. We're going to get to that in the next segment. But we dropped game three, which just kind of a, a gut punch to lose this game. And now... We had the opportunity to take series against the Rays and the Dodgers, which would have been absolutely massive, not only just to, to win two series in a row, but to win those against potentially two of the best teams in the league. So we, we lose today. I'm not necessarily like that disappointed about what happened because it's you, you lose a series to the Dodgers, right? It happens. Not a best, big deal.
1: Best team in the NL? Maybe what top two in the NL? I, I think best
0: team in the league, personally. So without kershaw what's important here is these next two series and this is where there's no more excuses we have the rangers at home and then we go to detroit How, i get? mean i
1: know detroit's ml you know they're fading away here but what's up with the uh the rangers the rangers are, i mean i think they've been pretty pretty bad the one thing that
2: is slightly concerning is that our our old friend Marcus Simeon has finally—he got hot. He's going fi- finally turned it on the last
1: couple of days, and I don't know if that was more of a one-game blip or if he's kind of done it for a few days. But I'm not gonna. He lie, had a huge game the other day. Simeon's been a top ten shortstop his whole career, ever since the White Sox traded him. <laughs> and and no, it's silently, but he is—he's a crafty well, guy.
0: Well, it was silently when he was in Oakland, and then, had a huge then he blows up in yeah, Toronto. Big time.
2: Now part of that was the. Uh, Let's we'll just say the fun parks they were playing in last year, uh, calling that minor league place, and then the the Buffalo Stadium. Yeah, Arnold, the Buffalo Stadium. Yeah, I mean, I mean those both were him very and hit
0: him and Vlad, Vlad. Vlad. Right, f- right. It was like Vlad was back in AAA, hitting 400 and just hitting bombs all over the place in <laughs> right. Buffalo.
1: He was was Simeon. He's a 30 30 guy. A couple
0: years in Oakland, wasn't he? Simeon's a beast. Close. He, he wasn't. Was I mean, I was right around there. Was um, Simeon part of the Samarja? What? Who? Who did we give up? Or who did we get for Simeon again? I thought that was the Samarta trade, but I could be wrong. Was it him, Dilo Santos for the Shark? Or you know what? Simeon might have been Swisher, Nikki no, Swisher. No, that, that's oh, way. Sure, oh, that's, that's that's way. No, but Simeon's been in the league for 12, twelve years now. I I thought Simeon was. I thought he was either the Samarta trade, or he could have been. There was a a Trent Frazier trade where I think Oakland was involved. I, I know F- Frankie Mantas was that traded. Might... To Oakland, too. so do you think that oh, you, you're, right, you're ready for this one? Yeah,
2: after the 2014 season, the White Sox traded Marcus Simeon, Chris Bassett, yeah, Bassett,
0: yeah, Bassett was Rangel deal. Reve-
2: velo and Josh Fegley, the old catcher. Yeah, I remember yeah. Fegley, too much. Uh, now. He, was, he was an Indiana guy, Kevin played against him to the Oakland A's in exchange for Samarja
1: and Michael Yona. Yona.
0: Yeah, it was Samarja oh, deal. You know it. You know it was bad. Not to be confused. He, with he had a couple starts. stud on the Braves. You know <laughs>
2: that guy. Yeah. No, I mean, as S- Simeon. Simeon really. T- Simeon turned his career around. Really. I mean, his first year in Oakland, he committed thirty some odd errors. Dude, he was doing that in Chicago. Ron Washington is the best <laughs> infield coach in baseball, and he turned Marcus Simeon into a pretty good defender. And then
1: he was at second. He's at second base I mean, now. Ron Washington never met a snowball he didn't like. <laughs>
0: So, I remember watching Simeon for the White Sox when he was playing short. And when that trade happened for Samarja, I when when Simeon was part of the deal, I was totally fine with it because I remember him playing shortstop and the guy couldn't feel he couldn't feel the ground ball. It was literally ridiculous.
2: No, that definitely was a was an issue for him. And then I mean, he ended up being a decent shortstop in Oakland, and then he's been able to play second base in Toronto and now in. Uh, in Texas, which has definitely
0: helped. I really like how this matches up for the White Sox. Martin Perez is dominating this year, but he's a lefty. Right. And we literally can only score on lefty.
2: That's, I mean, it's definitely our best chance. And I think it's largely because, you know, Mr. I-love-to-play-my-splits can't start Gavin, is less <laughs> likely to start Lurie, uh, or at least we will bat Lurie nine if he does start him. You know, and it just it play it plays to our strengths. Honestly, it, you know, it's it's where you got Lou Luis, Andrew Vaughn, Jose Abreu more likely to be in the top three spots. Um you know, I mean, with Mendick or probably
1: never heard of this kid in Otto Glenn Otto. He's six three two forty, pretty big dude. Um, four and two, four point two four ERA, a little low on the K's, but it looks like he's. I mean, got a lot of hype. I think high
2: he's. High he's high I think
1: he's been style. solid,
2: but not spectacular. I think he's. You know, he's he's done a decent job, but I don't think you're. I don't think I don't you're
1: worried about seeing Glenn Otto come up. You got to figure someone that size. He's probably got a decent decent fastball.
0: Full so seam. tomorrow is a toss up, I would say. Saturday, I mean, I I know Perez is dominating, but I like our chances with Gio on the bump. I think Gio has been like on the verge of. Of giving us one of those vintage Geo's Geo outings.
2: He's been really strong early, and then has has struggled to, Which to get deep in a game.
0: I feel like it's unusual for Geo because I right. like I always get nervous the first couple innings with his control, and then right. he like figures it out and dominates. That, and that then typically was been... the
2: was the Geo the Geo thing, right? If he gets through the first two or three innings, then you're rolling.
0: So then we got Sunday Kopech. Who is who's Kopech? Gray. John Gray. John okay. Who's so I, I love that matchup. I'm back in we, his we career. suck against varieties but I still love that matchup. So at a minimum, you got to take two out of three. Yeah. And then we're going to Detroit. You got I mean, if you don't take two out of three, you're not winning the AL Central. So we got good things on the horizon. I mean,
1: Detroit's about as weak as it gets right now. Miggy's probably – he's still plugging along. He's still batting three or four in the lineup. Too. That guy's so washed. I mean, he's – <laughs> right, but that's like that's what they're hanging their hat on. I mean, what are they all the guy 200 million still? It's yeah, I mean, talk about a bad contract. Well, hey, the GM for the Tigers uh, with, between Victor Martinez, Miggy and then uh who is the
0: other first baseman they had? DH Prince. So, so here's a question for you guys. Worst contract, Miggy or Larry Garcia?
1: <laughs> I mean, I got Lord, a, I got, a, I, got a, I have a history with Miggy,
0: so. I can't. You guys heard uh Nick for Medicine Park on the score this morning. Right? Sure, sure did. Not not happy with that kind so Rick Hahn pulls a Ryan Piss, he outbids himself. Nobody else is bidding for Larry Garcia, gives him three years, sixteen and a half million dollars. I mean, everyone gets mad at Tony. Everybody gets mad at Leary, but who's who's the guy that signed him? not not only that, who's the guy that signed him, but who's the guy that gave him three years? We've Sox fans have been tortured since twenty twelve. I could talk about Leary
1: for I, hours. With a contract like that, it makes me wonder, like, and I'm just going off the deep end here, of course. Larry Garcia knows something about Rick Hahn that we don't know about <laughs> Rick Hahn. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's how bad that contract. He's, 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 he's got, got some good. pictures. Like, tell me what you don't know. You know? Yeah, what's going guys, on between guys, Leary and yeah.
0: Yeah. So let's transition. <laughs> All right. That's great, great time to transition. Like I Ev- said, off the deep end. Everyone's favorite segment, Hall of Fame baseball person decisions. Tony La Russa just put on an absolute clinic this past week who wants it first?
2: No to be fair, I would say he's put on a clinic the last two days
0: okay, you're right more, three days ago than, he uh, managed a great game I I, 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 given, don't know. I I said we'll give credit where credits due it was it was three you're
2: no, giving it, a, you're giving him a lot you, more credit than I would I would I would say that that Dave screwed the pooch um excuse me it was bad. I mean, like again, here's the thing with here's the thing with Tony. All right, and I think this is something that as Sox fans we've learned. Tony is going to always lean towards playing the you know, the opposite side of the platoon, right? If the righty's on the mound, he wants to bring a lefty. If the lefty's on the mound, he wants a bad righty. And that's great. And I think today he could be great, right? There are certain players. Who are lefty killers, righty killers. But you have to have those players for the platoon system to work. Right? If you have a guy who is the right-handed, right-handed batters for the Sox, that includes switch hitters when they're banging ready, are betting a historically low number. Historically low. So to have those guys in the lineup, just because they're gonna take a swing from the right side of the plate or the left side of the play, I should say, right? Left, left-handed left batters, I think I messed that up. Left-handed batters are batting historically low um, this year. So to have them in the left-handed batters box against the righty, just because they are a lefty, when their numbers are this bad, it's pointless. It, it doesn't help, right? A bad hitter is a bad hitter, regardless of who's on the mound. And we're just sending, we're sending Gavin Sheets up because he's a lefty. Well, Gavin Sheets is struggling right now. He's not hitting anyone well. That guy could have a lefty, a guy could be a righty, he could throw an underhand up there, and I'm not sure Gavin's going to do much. And we're just going to continue to track Gavin out there because of what's what batter's box he stands in. And it's it's a huge issue. You know, our, our best hitter this year has been Andrew, without with the exception of Timmy, right, who's out, is Andrew Vaughn. And Vaughn's out of the lineup two days ago, or yesterday, because he needs a day off. He just had a day off. We had a day off on Monday.
0: Did you, um, not, not, out? not to interrupt you? So we had Monday, the Sox had a day off, but not to interrupt you, Schwabi. Do you know what Tony said about Andy taking a day off? He said that we played such a competitive series in Tampa and it was on turf that Andy needed a day off. So he, he's, don't worry, he's going to play against the lefty on Thursday, but he needs to sit on Wednesday. It's it's just
2: it's ridiculous, right? I mean, Andrew Vaughn is is young. You could DH him if you wanted. Like there are ways to, like if if legitimately if we think he, his legs are tired or his legs, leg, his legs are on, barking. Right, I think playing the... on turf was tough on him. DH
0: him, play him at first. There are ways to do this, and still give your best bats in the lineup. I mean, that's exactly right. If if you're gonna sit Andrew Vaughn, you absolutely have to DH him. You, and, Andrew Vaughn has to be in the lineup every day because he's your hottest hitter. He, he's your currently your best sitter. and it just I I wish I played for the White Sox because I'd get every other day off. I, why? Why can't I get a day off for, for day different off. reasons, though? <laughs> why can't I unless get a you, day off? Unless you were being
1: day. put in to steal a base. My inside source told me that <laughs> Andrew Vaughn was filming a commercial for Rico Benes down on the south side. But I mean, you know,
0: I, mean, I wish that was a reason. It's just it's it's ridiculous, right? Ricos.
1: And
2: it's it it is a it's a large issue for the south.
0: Why does everybody need a day off so often? I, you know, except the only, Jose. Uh, yeah, Jose, who's the oldest guy on the team. Right. Jose
1: doesn't even try. Leary,
0: there was a point too where Leary was just getting no days off, and it was just like, can we get, can we get this guy in the right? The it's one guy. of those
2: where we got everyone on the team sitting on once a week, and then there's Larry out there every day. It's just like Jesus Christ, man, come on! It's 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 immensely frustrating, and it's one of those things where he puts out a good lineup, two three days in a row where he had Danny bleeding off. Then Andrew in the two-hole, Luis three, Jose four, vice versa on that. And, and the lineup's doing well, and you're winning games. And then for whatever reason... Yeah, Danny bed at nine. We just... We flipped Danny to nine. We put Lurie at one. We have Andrew Vaughn out of the lineup.
0: And it's just like, what are we doing? I, I You it, know who got but, pissed? Chuck got pissed. Chuck and Ozzy were going after him. Scotty Pods was doing the post-games, too. Chuck Garfine? Yeah, Chuck. Chuck's the best. Chuck, he... I, I see, like... His emotions are my emotions. He gets so mad, and that's how I feel. That's why I'll, I think I'll he gets always... mad because he has a tolerant Aussie stand. The, it's like, dude, Chuck. So they pulled the graphic. I, I'm sure Chuck was like at the producer. Pull this graphic up. They threw up Leary as the one and the nine hitter, that's and lovely. it was just glaringly obvious that Isn't Leary nine, good? cannot produce as a one hitter. I, I was shocked to see how good he was as a nine hitter, what? which was like, dude, Tony Leary, double lead up, man. <laughs> yeah. <don't... laughs> So I like that play, the double EF man. Well, so we could we we talk about that. But, so Tuesday. So hold on.
1: for Tuesday, did you?
2: So one of the things, cool things about the Sox games is when they show the starting lineup, they are very analytically driven, right? They show yeah, the, the an advanced stat, right? Exit velocity, uh, WRC, OPS, you know, they don't just show his average or his homers or something, you know, more basic. They'll show you one of those more advanced metrics. What did they so show on Tuesday?
0: It was OPS plus. I, I thought it was offensive runs created. I thought it was. Was it was it runs created? Yeah, it was that, WRC. Do you think that? banana bened- same Lur- thing. Lur- same point. Lur- Lur- same Lur- point. Lur- at twenty
2: nine, Johan's yeah. at fifteen. It's like these guys are a one and three. One hundred 100's average, and we had twenty nine and fifteen.
0: And average, five. Average, you, four, four, you forgot four, about four, Grandal five. Really at five. Nowhere near our You forgot Grandal at five.
1: So, Our lineup is is we're running at like seventy percent, sixty percent. right, but that's you have to
2: maximize true. that. Yeah, exactly. That's my thing. I understand is, that, you, but it's a long season. Is when you're when you're in such a bad position right now.
1: What's well, a bad situation?
0: But I'm we're, not arguing. We have, we have I, guys down,
2: right? Not not anything else. Just we're missing guys, right? When we just saying, took
1: two out of three from one of the best teams in the AL, and we beat we beat the Dodgers. Right. Right. Was yeah, the best well, team we, in the we majors. Should've, we should have we should have We should have them twice.
2: I'm not arguing that point, but you know, going back to what you're saying, where we're not we're not playing at our full offensive capacity, right? Player wise. When you're at that position, you need to find ways to maximize your lineup. Of course. And I think we did that in Tampa to, to a certain extent, right? You had Danny betting one who's been who's hot, who's, you know who's like honestly, Danny's like annoying, right? He just he's gonna go in there, yeah, he's gonna I- give you a good bat. He's not trying to do too much. He's just trying to send something back in the middle. You had Vaughn, who's arguably our hottest hitter. Or one of our best hitter right now. He's in the two hole. Luis is in three. Jose's in four. Which and is great. You're because best four hitters, or your best at the time, right? At that point, you're like your three, if not four, best hitters.
1: So realistically, let's look, put it on the table here. Talent for talent, Vaughn, healthy lineup, full lineup, is probably our, our sixth, seventh most talented hitter no, 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 no. in and the and franchise. Andrew Andy's Vaughn. Be the two holder, right? No, I'm talking about job. like if you were to take all of our talent, lay them on the table. TA, uh, Mancata, Eloy. Yeah, it's a
0: fair question. I think it's a fair question. If you question. get
1: everyone on their
2: career best years, right? If we get Yoan from, was it, it's a,
0: it, it is a fair question.
1: The guys that I listed off, we haven't seen any of their careers because. Best
0: are, years. So to to your point, Ta much to your point. If you look at Game One, where was Andrew Vaughn? Oh, well, I, I hate to do that because that's a Tony LaGrusa lineup. But if if you Game One, you stacked all the hitters. Like as what we thought they'd be projected, Andrew Vaughn might have been six or seven. I, Andrew Vaughn's shown well, a lot this year. He's and he's taking that next step that everyone's super pumped about. So, I, I I don't think that anymore. I don't think he's six or seven. I think he's top three because of what he's shown us, and that's going to well, be our right. future. But that's that's what I'm but, saying. But, like but that, that is supports, a good point.
1: That supports what. Our value is and what our, what we're capable of doing in terms of yeah, uh, and, and
0: their view coming into the season. So sure. to your point on maximizing lineups, I don't think we're arguing that Leary or Harrison or any of the, these guys should not play because they have to play because of the injuries. What we're saying is if you're playing Reese McGuire, if you're playing Leary Garcia, if you're playing Harrison, those guys cannot bat before 7th. And the only reason they're batting seventh is because all three of them are in the lineup on the same. Day. Yeah. Right. No, I, think, I
2: I think I mean I think that's, it's one of those things where like as as baseball has changed right, there's, people are are going away from the old, you know the old
1: lineup ideas where you want to have a fast guy, uh, in the one hole or a guy who's going to work. You no, know, realistically, it should be. I'm a firm believer on your best contact hitter regardless of how how fast he is or how slow he is or his power, he should be batting two in the order. And because of because it's gonna get him the most at bats, but you're gonna allow yourself to get a couple people on base before that. Where back in the day was like back, you know, Edgar Martinez, Andre Galarraga, those guys were batting like four or five. Right. And that, that I mean that game's you, over you now see that like the the difference in batting
2: one or batting four in a season is, you know, I don't know what it is. It off the top, my had X plate appearances, but you're trying to maximize your plate appearances. You I mean, best players think, to come to the
0: plate more often. I, I think what they say, what the statisticians would tell us is, put your best hitter second. Absolutely,
1: yeah. And, and Vaughn is—I mean, he's six foot tall, 215 pounds. Me and him are like the same size. The
0: guy is yeah, not. He's, he's it's small. not like he's going to be. I, no, you're bigger than Vaughn for sure. Vaughn's not your height. No, he's, he's six. He's six foot tall. No, he's not. It's six funny because my wife's like, God, he the guy looks like he's forty two. No. He's, <laughs> he's like twenty three, twenty four. Bond's like five ten.
1: No, he's six foot. That, That's listen. I mean, we're talking. We're talking high school stats in the pad two inches on tight. But yeah,
0: dude, everyone's getting two inches. But what so, I'm saying
1: is, is like, he's not like that freak athlete that everyone's expecting him to be. And you know, let's go back to like the prospect approach, which I'm a big believer on on how. Uh, just developing young talent. Pre-2020, he was the 16th-ranked prospect in the Sox, in the MLB. 16th-ranked yeah. prospect. Yeah, he was I mean, drafted that's
0: third overall. 2020,
1: think, right? that's, there was some big talent. You're talking Wander Franco's in there. Dude. I mean,
0: uh, he's, he's Robert. A, he's, he won the Golden Spikes Award or whatever it was in college. So we're talking about Tony. On Tuesday, it was Tony's best-managed game of the year hundred percent I, I think so, he flexed I think he was like showing everybody he, like I still got yeah, it he, he was he was feeling good about himself so he he pinch hit Pollock I mean it was obvious but I'll give him credit whatever and then what I did like about Tony that game we were up for nothing and in the eighth and ninth he didn't fuck around he just brought in Graveman oh. and Liam which is what we needed to get game one I'm not and, sold on Graveman yeah, Graveman's been a little shaky, but he's your second best reliever. And Tony did what he needed to do to get that. That that was that was the most impressive thing to me about what what Tony did Tuesday night. I wasn't impressed about Pollock because it was the most obvious move of all time, right. and he made it. And, and usually he doesn't make the most obvious moves of all time.
1: So no, Tony so, handles the game. So, no, he, he plays he, chess. He, that's no, what he's. That's no, what he's. He, playing.
0: he's He's, I don't know. Don't, that that dude's don't, playing we're track. not going to be able to
1: figure out. We can sit here and beat the drum all day. We're not going to figure out how this guy approaches his, his lineups and what he does. He's a Hall of Famer for a reason. And it's like, we just have to trust the process. And that's what it's coming down to. They're five and a half back. I, I which te- is like, what, your height on
0: your that says on your uh, driver's license? I, I texted, <laughs> I texted uh, my buddy oh, my today who is a diehard Cardinals fan. And I said... This was my exact quote in the text. I said, I actually feel sorry for you that you had Tony Lurus as your manager because you guys probably would have been, you would have won double the World Series that that you did with Tony. They, but why? But I, because he is. So I, I was just complimenting was that, Tony. Correct
1: me if I'm wrong. Was that like Pujol's
0: Edmonds era? Was that? No, there like was a couple. It was like, I think it, Carpenter it, it was, it was like staff? spread out a little bit. Okay. They, they won one that was ridiculous where they were like down to their final strike three times. But. I give rent to Ria on that squad. So, short time. Sorry. So, Tuesday he manages a great game. I'll give him credit. I, and I told you, I love what he did with the bullpen that day because he didn't fuck around. Fouls it up with Wednesday with the worst lineup of the year. And that is fact. Why do you say that though? We, just, we talked about you're it. are talking about just numbers Be, wise? Because first, the, the, the hitters that were batting first, third, and fifth were collectively, if you had a rankings of how good the hitters were for the year. Right. They're in the bottom 2%. Okay. Of what they're doing now. Not historically, what they're doing now. Like, that's how mm-hmm. bad they're slumping. Meaning, slumping Mankata and Grandal, Larry just sucks. So, we lose that because we score one run, obviously. Because Tony is doing what he did with the lineup. And then today was just magic with, with his move. So And we didn't lose because of – there was a couple reasons we lost. I, I sent this out. I said defense, number one, is why we lost because Berger made that error. Number two is managing. You you absolutely cannot – you just cannot intentional walk a batter when you have two strikes.
2: So I think one of the things I heard, uh, I think it was on the radio, or maybe it was on Twitter, but it was one of those were like, all right, if you go up one-two and – you know, you're, you're worried about that, right? Rather than intentionally walk him, you do the old un, or intentional-unintentional walk, right? You tell him to take the next three pitches, to throw him outside the strike zone. Just throw him shit. Throw him complete balls. And if he happens to take a swing at one, well, then you get out of it. But why we just, you know, throw up four figures and tell him to go to first. But, I, like, again, this goes back to Tony's Belief in in the platoons and playing the the handedness, right? The handedness. He saw, he had a left-handed pitcher on the mound. He had a righty batter up. First base became open. He said, well, on deck, that's a lefty hitter. Let me bring in the lefty versus lefty. Hate it. I mean, but, you know, it's one of those where, like, hey, if you want to go lefty-lefty, then, and you have bummer in the game,
0: all right. Right, not Souza.
2: Right, I mean, if so, you have an elite left-handed arm, cool, get it. Also, Max Muncie is not, you know, a, a scrub player. He's not a fringe player. He's, he's in a, an excessive slump, though. He is right. Max Muncie has not been great this year, but Max Muncie, like historically, is almost is is like a reverse split guy. He's very good against. He's this, pretty good against so left-haves.
0: This is the same guy that, literally, the inning before just put one in the gap. I, I get he's he is slumping, but literally the inning before he crushed one in the gap. So after the game, Scott Merkin, beat writer for the White Sox, asked Tony about his decision to intentional walk, Trey Turner with a one two count. Let's hear what he has to say.
1: Can you explain the uh the thought process on the intentional walk with
0: um
2: with to to Turner? Turner.
0: At 1 2, not a count. So let me ask you a question. Okay. Is there is there some question about whether that was a, a good move or not? At what
1: I guess at 1 2 is the question, at the count. Do you one. know what
0: he hits
2: against left hand pitching with 0 one, oh, 1 or two strikes? You know what he hits? He does it well, him, right? well, you know what Muncie hits with two strikes with against left hand pitcher? Uh, I mean, is that really a question? Because it was 1 and 2? Turner was a, a strike left against a left-hander is not something you can avoid if you can. And we had an open base, and Muncie happened to be the guy behind him, and that's a better matchup. And again, somebody disagrees. That's, that's the beauty of this game. Welcome to it. But that, that wasn't a tough call.
0: So Merkin asks a very fair question about the intentional walk, and, and Tony has the audacity to challenge Merk about... The question that he's asking. Well, so,
1: what, what's what's Merck's coaching record? What's his is he a hall of famer or not? So not like, you, this, you know you what know? Tony said. He asked he asked what Muncie's average was with two it was strikes. Sarcasm. He was saying like, hey, why are you questioning me and calling
0: me out in front of in front of all these people? So here here's where Merck Merkin was at fault. If I'm Scott Merkin and I ask that question, I have the stats in front of my face. Absolutely. And and I, I know the stats because I looked them up. So if I'm Merkin and I'm asking that question and, and Tony says that to me, I would say, yes, Tony, I do the, know the numbers. You clearly don't because you, the decision that you made, significantly lowered the odds of the White Sox winning that game. It, it goes back to... My whole theory about you have... Everyone has their asshole friend that gets fucked up. They go to the casino. You're, you're laughing. They they have too much to drink. They're sitting down at the blackjack table. They get a 12. And the dealer has a 10-up. It's very clear that if you want the best odds... it's it's a number. It's just a simple calculation. If you want the best odds to win this game, you will hit until you bust. So, or unless you get a 17. Tony is the person that stays on a 12 and then the dealer busts. Even though that you put yourself in a worse position, Tony stays and he wins and he says, see, that's why I did that. Right.
1: So what do you want me to tell you? Tony's got dementia. I mean, the guy, why are you questioning his ability? You know, maybe he's been in the game too long. I don't know. Maybe he's he's referring Dude, back he's to he been in the game day.
0: too long. He's seventy eight. We we pulled him out of the retirement home.
1: He's overthinking it, though. I don't know. If this, overthinking what do are going to tell him? The guy you?
0: doesn't even know where he is. I would, if I was Rick Khan, I would literally, I'd come to the dugout every game, every game. I would ask him two questions. I would say, "What day of the week is it?" and "How old are you?" And, and can, if it takes can, him five seconds, what about long, can you
1: bet, Lurie, One. And,
0: <laughs> and if it takes him more than five seconds to answer, I say you lose lineup privilege, privileges today. It's as simple as that. The guy literally he doesn't know where he is. He's in. An, he, he does the post game. He's talking nonsense. He's talking about Max Muncy with two strikes. It was fucking Trey Turner with two strikes.
1: Well, what do you want to do? Put Kenny Williams back in the mix, and anyway, we'll have a fucking well, Herbert. I, Perry. I we'll have take, Herbert Perry betting leadoff. As,
0: as much as I, as much as I just don't believe in your baseball knowledge, I would rather have you manage the team than Tony Larusa. How's that? Uh, well, we just uh,
1: have we have different approaches, and I'm not going to question Hall of Famer. That's well, why we brought him in, right?
2: Don't Don't you worry. We are more than willing to question him for uh, all of us. Uh, it's just it's 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 been bad. I mean, like, there are very there are easy things he does that he gets wrong. Um, I remember I texted you legs um, the one game where. He took out. I think he took out Vaughn and had Angle pinch run for him. It was an extra innings game. Vaughn was scheduled to start inning at second base, and he took Vaughn out and had Angle pinch run for him. Right. Good call. Good move. You get your fastest guy on second base rather than one of your slower guys. Cr- yeah. Great point. Right. I mean, it's it's an easy call, and he did it right. Right. So you should say, "Good job, Tony." However, we also know that Andrew Vaughn is one of the worst defensive corner outfielders in the game. Adam Engel is one of the best corner outfielders in the game, defensive corner outfielders in the game. So if you were going to do that in the top of the 10th, why didn't you do that in the bottom of the nine? Why didn't you? Andrew Vaughn had already batted. He makes the you know, last out. We go to play defense. We're in a tie game. And rather than put Engel in, who's your best defender, who you also would want on, se- want on second base for extras, you leave Vaughn in to play defense.
1: Okay, but this Great. goes
2: little moves, little things. But it's like he's missing little things. He's because missing you have to realize all that kinds of moves.
1: We're t- going back to last week's segment, talking about the game evolving, talking about being able to to have the mentality like you have, legs, very like a number savvy, analytical guy. This guy goes off of like he wears his his feelings on his chest. Like he makes a decision because he makes a decision. That's the old school baseball mentality. Now, you know, he's not going to be a numbers guy. He's not going to be reading between the lines. And that's that's what we're going back to. He's not evolving, and that's why he's the wrong guy to bring in.
0: Yeah, I, I think that there's a lot of truth to that because when he managed, there was no social media. You, you couldn't look up baseball reference right after. So you didn't really understand how bad the moves he was making. I, I don't think, I, I think as a whole, managing was just really bad before before like data was just in your face yeah it
1: was managing back in the day was a power play you had the guy who had the best presence or or the strongest presence in the club it was
0: more i i could it's it's actually a good point i because everybody managed kind of the same way where it was just kind of a feel type thing and at that, if everyone's kind of managing the same way where you're just nobody's really getting like a statistical advantage then it just comes down to like getting your team motivated which you brought this up last week Mush and I want to touch on I don't think I don't think Tony is succeeding in that category either I think the, the team is in desperate need of a spark Tony does a, he, do, he actually does a decent job of like defending the players but you gotta see something more I,
2: mean, I think I made this comment to you a couple of weeks ago is you know when Tony got hired the big concern with Tony was how would he relate to the White Sox they've got a lot of young players they have a lot of, a lot of non you know American born players um, you know there's been some stuff with some you know questionable questionable quotes about race in, the, in Tony's past and that was a big issue would Tony be able to relate to these young guys um, and honestly I think that's Arguably been Tony's best quality. Yeah, it's probably been a strength. You know, his his defending of Timmy, his relationship with Timmy. I which his I his like I, I wanna guys. like Tony. But you know, like like the thought was those would be the biggest th- that was gonna be the biggest question mark. But Tony would bring a uh you know, a fireness a fiery personality and a little more passion and fire Passion probably the wrong word, a little more fiery uh a little more fire than Rick. Renteria was right. He would make better decisions with the bullpen, which was a, an issue
1: with Rick. I think we can agree that Rick Renteria was like was a spot filler because that was the transition with the new t- talent coming up. He, he was
2: an a, he was an A to a B guy, right. right? You needed a guy to go from B to C, right. and like that was that was what Tony was building. He was a he's a Hall of Fame baseball manager. He's he's a tactician. He was an early adopter of the closer. He's, he's he was cutting edge. I I
0: agree. I. I want to group for Tony. I, I do like when he stands up for the team. It's just too many bad decisions for me, so it's tough. I think Sox fans feel the same way. He's public enemy number one, um, but we gotta move on. We, we've talked too much about Tony. So we're gonna move on to the next segment, who's hot, who's not. Um, this past week, I think we've had a couple guys Catch fire a little bit, which has been nice to see. Schwabi, I'll start with you. Who do you got? Uh, with
2: the exception of his defense today, Burger has been absolutely on fire at the plate. Uh, last two weeks, he's been two ninety-seven, three bombs, nine ribbies, five runs scored. Last week, he's been three seventy-five, two bombs, six ribbies. Uh, I think it's actually three bombs. I don't think today's stats are on there. He's he's been absolutely on fire at the plate. His, you know, again, he's making a case to be in the
0: lineup every day. It's hard. I we talked about it last week. I love Makata. but it's hard to say that that Yo should be playing over Burr right now. I mean, Yo's is, is the you know Yo it's is better defender. Thunder,
2: um, but I think that's where trying to go away from Sheets, you're able to play uh, Jakey. You're able to DH. And that may be your best
0: one. I think so because I, I think we all know that the only way that the White Sox put together a team that wins a World Series, Moncada's got to be Moncada and Grandal's got to be Grandal. So you can't. I know it's it's we're we're getting to a point where it's getting more than a sample size, but you got to just stick with those two because those are the guys that you need to produce. So I, I like it. Burger's been. He's just been dominating at the plate. I think I saw something that it was four straight games that he had the game winning RBI, which was yeah. a White Sox record. That home run in Tampa was I, I was at I was at my parents' house when he hit that bomb. I was in disbelief. I think we would have that that would have been our fourth straight loss maybe, and just couldn't be more clutch, crushed one and he he's just been pounding the ball, had another bomb today. Had a really bad error, unfortunately. I think it cost us the game. But that, okay, I, I like that Schwabi. My who's hot? I'm gonna go with Liam. Liam's kind of been the guy lost in the shuffle here. Had a terrible start to the year. But when the, the the thing with the White Sox, the 2022 White Sox, we've had no games that are blowout. Literally every time we win, it's like by one right. to three runs. And Liam has been called on consistently, and he's just been lights out. I I love the thing about I love about Liam is his emotion. He just I, I want to see that out of everybody. I, yeah, they, I I like when Reese McGuire does it. Sacks don't have that in their batting order. Yeah, it, you just like Moncada. Moncada gets picked on a lot. It's because he's just like a zombie out there. It's like, dude, you are the most talented player. You have just as much talent as anybody in the major yeah. league, and it's like, dude, he's like, striking out, grinding out, walking back to the dugout. He's more worried about his music videos than, <laughs> than getting on base.
1: I mean, to give you an idea, he was the number one in the deal with Sale, and Kolpak was like the throwing. Yeah,
0: he was the number one because Kolpak essentially
1: was like what a hothead at the time, or egotistical, whatever you want to call it. I mean, he's. Unbelievable, but Mancada hes not the guy that we wanted.
0: Well, he's there's a lot to that. We we could spend a lot of time on Mancada, but we're, we're, so who who's not? I guess Moncada fits the bill, but Sh- Schwabe. Who else you got?
2: Well, again, hate to beat a dead horse, uh, but I gotta go with your boy Nikki uh, and Mister Lurie Garcia. Some interesting stats on Lurie. Uh, the last week, right? His average for the last seven days or last week is one eighty-eight. Do you want to know his on-base percentage in the last seven days?
0: Is? I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say one eighty-eight. Sure is. <laughs> Yahtzee for the last fourteen days. Last two weeks,
2: his average is one sixty-seven. Oh my god! Do you want to bet? Guess what his on-base percentage is for the last two weeks? One sixty-seven <laughs> average. What do you think his on-base percentage is? One sixty-seven. Yeah, I guess there Dave. It I'm could be lower. You're damn straight it is lower. <laughs> it's one sixty. He has a one sixty-seven <laughs> average and a one sixty on base. He had to get like a sacrifice or something. Or sa- yeah, he had some sort of sacrifice. And that's why his on base percentage is actually lower than his betting average in the last two weeks. The man has are four you, four are you hating on him or are you just telling him he's got to
1: step up No, I'm just <laughs> telling him we gotta stop putting him in the lineup of the ones.
2: Buddy. Tony. I mean, the the man's got four hits. Now, I will give I will give Laurie this, right? We basically said the last two weeks, you know what he hasn't He hasn't walked. But he has four hits. The man scores a run 75% of the time he gets a hit. I mean it's it's
1: incredible. That dude's scoring runs. You just can't get on base. So this goes back to like my theory in life is like supply and demand. If you can understand how that works, you're going to be successful in life. Okay. And being able to read the market on players, Lurie Garcia might, is, is actually he's, he's a gem in the league.
0: Well, well, ah.
1: Look at what you're getting from him. He plays all these positions. You, what are you going to do? Who else, is, who else in the majors, you're getting a steady Eddie guy. But he's gonna—he's. You know what you're gonna get from him. (laughs) He's gonna (laughs) gonna be under 200. I'm confused about your supply.
0: I'm confused about your supply. Because everything about
1: supply and demand comes down to talent. How much talent's available? How much talent costs? How much talent? Talent is relevant to the positions that you need. You're the numbers guy here, but it's 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 tied into the numbers. How much does no talent? I, I, why I'm do kidding. you say he's no talent? where is he where is he compared to the other guys that play a utility type role in the majors yes that have his kind of longevity in production yeah. where Wait. maybe yeah. the guy's just reliable and in they know what he's going to he, get. They're really,
0: what he's going to get from him. So I sent you guys the link of me calling into the scorer this morning, and Mush clearly didn't click on it because no, I was what, what, in airports. stuck In the airports. Your, your exact <laughs> question is point. what I answered on the call. I said, look no further than what's sitting in AAA. What was sitting in AAA was Danny Mendick. Danny Mendick has a career higher OPS than Larry Garcia. What positions does Danny Mendick play?
1: Suck it. Sure. He's a middle yeah, infield outfield. guy. What positions? Le- does he they
0: play outfield. Uh, okay. So, I so, so right? whoa, whoa, whoa No, 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 no. Wait, wait. So, you're saying because Larry Garcia could play outfield? Did, no. did you watch the White Sox play the Astros in the playoffs last year? Did you, do you remember Larry in the outfield? Larry Garcia, I, I legitimately could play a better outfield than Larry Garcia. Who else He's not there? good in the outfield. Who else is out there, though? Uh, Marwin that's not the point it, it doesn't matter so it doesn't would you matter. say that
1: Lurie Garcia is a, is a poor man's Marwin Gonzalez you know, no I said would you rather have Albus Andrews I answered yes. your question
0: I said Danny Mendick. that's who else is out okay. there I'm not disagreeing with you
1: so I compare I, I, I don't want to switch it up here but like I compare Lurie Garcia to into a football transition he's the Colby's he's the Randall Cobb he is the um, Julian Edelman type player where it's like He's not gonna be a superstar, but you know what you're gonna get from him. He shows up every day. But if we're gonna to have to hang our hats on him, then we're we're SOL. We're really in deep shit. But we're look where we're at with, with our injuries. We're just not at a yeah, full point. I, Which what about Pollock? So like Pollock, I feel needs more reps.
0: Because I
1: think in the back end of the regular season, when all of our all of our studs are healthy and in playing full strength. I think Pollock's going to be a pivotal player within you know the, the small ball game mentality, and Pollock, he's going to be Mr every day, and I think you know maybe Pollock's going to be he
0: will be like the Lurie Garcia when we're at full in, at a full lineup. so i I agree I mean Pollock's not going to be Lurie. Pollock needs to be in the outfield every day, and Tony consistently plays sheets over Pollock and its it just needs to stop.
1: What I'm saying, I, I, what i was comparing Lurie to Pollock is because Lur, Lurie was that back end filler last year, and I think that Pollock is an upgrade to be that back end filler. I know that po-
0: Pollock's like a legitimate. Look at his number. I agree with you, but Pollock's look at our
1: fucking lineup contented. when we're healthy. It's like a fucking Kangaroo Junior boner. I mean, it's a home run derby show, <laughs> the whole thing.
0: You so, I said one thing. I, I'll agree with two things that you said. The one is that Pollock, Pollock needs to play every day, right? For sure, he needs to get. I think I think every White Sox fan agrees that he needs to play every day, and that will happen when Sheets goes down and when Aloy comes back. So
1: Pollock was an everyday player in the Dodgers lineup for the last like what two three years. Yeah, he's he's right. a very and, good hitter. And, and, he's, and a have, star. he's a terrible
0: start. I mean, add him to the list of everyone. The Dodgers who's been have always playing had like a top
1: tier lineup in terms of
0: yeah. full potential. So the second thing that you said that I'll agree with you is Leary shows up every day as in that yeah, physically shows up, but that's about all he does. So let's move on. We're well, going to go the, to,
1: hold on, look at our, uh, we <laughs> our top prospects list <laughs> on MLB pipeline. It says that, coming soon.
0: That's a, that's a good, that's a good transition. It's like we're waiting for fucking <laughs> next segment, put on your fresh socks. We're talking, we're talking white socks, minor leaguers that are on the verge. So, I'm going to start this segment. I've been taught. Talk- so, for all you White Sox fans out there, if you don't have the MILB app, something you need to know immediately, you could add every White Sox affiliate and you could check every White Sox box score of each affiliate every night. So, what I've been checking lately, checking in on Birmingham and AA, and two players stand out. We've talked about Lennon Sosa, the guy just has been absolutely dominant. Probably the best numbers in double A right now. Another guy who's been very intriguing, Tyler Nestlini. This guy, he he literally so he, he's kind of been a journeyman minor leaguer his whole career. Seems like he's figured something out. White Sox played him halfway through last year. His last four hundred plus at bats in double A. I think he has maybe the highest OPS in Double right now. The guy he, he does not make outs, and he how bats, old is the guy? He's 28, so he's old. Ooh. That's not good. But let me let me educate you guys right now. How old was Whit Merrifield when he made his debut in Major League Baseball?
2: 26,
0: 27 years old. Really. How old was Nelson Cruz when he made his debut? Twenty seven years old. Nelly
2: struggled a lot. He, was like a he so I I don't know. think that that, so. I think eight. he was
0: up and down, and then when he was he consistent, he was like 27, 28. Yeah. No, so my point line. is, it, it doesn't. Baseball is different than every other sport. You could actually come up if some is It's not linear. Got some guys figure it out. How old was your mean? My guy, you're mean. The first time mentioned on the podcast, one of my favorite players for the organization. Play, play, play called- <laughs> he's he's playing first base every day for the Charlotte Knights. Okay, so I, here's what I'm going to say. The, the Flubs called up. Um, who, who is the? And no, not Schwindel and Wisdom. The guy. Morrell. Morrell. Christopher Morrell. A lot of he, energy, big energy. He guy. he's been playing phenomenal. He's, he, he's leading guy. off for the flubs. I think it's been like thirty games. Mm-hmm. You know where they called him up straight from double A, and Christopher Morales had really he had good numbers in double A. I'm not gonna lie, he had really good numbers. You know who had better numbers?
1: You're Lennon boy. Sosa,
0: Tyler Les- Nestlini. So, do
1: you think is is Sosa ready to get the
0: call? How old is he? He's 22. Are? He's young. Uh, yeah, and nowadays though, I feel like that's prime. Hey, leave it to the white side. If Fernando Tati, did we talk about this? If yeah, Fernando the first
2: dog, if Fernando still be in Charlotte,
0: all can- right, what do you guys think? Put on your fresh socks. I mean, I, I,
2: I, I want to, you know, bring up your boy, what was
0: this, Nestlini, Nestlini, Tyler Nestlini. I mean, again, like, left handed hitter plays the outfield. What can he do worse we, than sheets? Things
2: we need, right? And you've seen this, like, you know, to give credit to what you're saying with an older prospect, but you've seen this recently. You see this on the other side of town. Your favorite yeah. team of the clubs, Uh you know Schwindel's, Schwindel's an older you know, guy. Was on the bowl twenty eight twenty nine. Exactly. And Thank you. That those are two. Uh the are, what do
0: they call Schwisdom? Oh my yeah, god! Whatever. Was, yeah. whatever uh, also whatever. known as Murphy's bar staff. Yeah, it was just you know when, He's you, a lost, bar back on when you lost so.
2: Brian Rizzo, you needed to combine a new name. The, um, the
0: funny part is those guys are doing better than right? <laughs> than but, Brian. You know, so again, like you can find a guy in
2: that in that twenty eight twenty nine range who. Who gets hard, who figures
1: out, makes a change in their swing profile and um, you know I'm kind of turning on. a big believer on bringing up guys that have a chip on their shoulder um I think a lot of those older minor, minor leaders and do. well right I'm gonna bounce on that it's like I think you need to call it Maker Adolfo and see what he's got he's hitting the ball in AAA. he's the guy's six foot four, 230 pounds if the Sox aren't going to give him a shot to prove himself or say hey like this is it for you, then send him to the Bears, let him play middle linebacker. Jesus Christ. <laughs> he's a monster. He's a, he's a he's he's physical specimen, dude. He's he makes Giancarlo Carlos
0: Stanton look like a like he's in high school. I don't hate that. I I think I think Marker needs a shot. Yeah,
1: he, they caught him. They DFA'd him, right? He didn't get yeah, scooped n- up. Yeah, n- he didn't right? get caught. So it's yeah. like
0: he yeah. he's been decent. He's been getting hot as of late. He's got something I, I don't cool. hate that. I, I okay. Schwabi, who you got for me? Uh Making his stateside
2: debut tonight. And I'm gonna push with the name probably, but Norhe Vera, the Cuban pitcher. Yeah. Uh made his, made his stateside debut for Canapolis tonight. Is he, he closer to reliever? closer? Okay. starter. Yeah, um, you know, he's probably he's probably I he's the top starter in our system. And the fact that we finally have him stateside and he's gonna move up the system pretty quick, I would be very surprised if he does not end the year in Birmingham. Um uh, and would project as a, a guy, you know, potentially uh, in rotation by the back half of next year. But I think he's a, he's definitely an electric pitcher. He's got big K numbers. Um he's all reports him with you know plus stuff. I think he's a guy that definitely is, is going to be that next you know he, he appears to be the next emerging arm because a lot of the a lot of the high school arms they drafted and late they've kind of short a of the gates. I believe Matthew Thompson is kind of turned it on late. Yeah, I think so. Um, but I think I think Vera's got a real chance of of passing all those guys and making the majors and you know pretty short order.
1: I mean, we got to do something with our prospects though, because I'm sick of seeing Jimmy Lambert's and Yermi Mercedes on uh on the highlight reel list. Because yeah. in terms of like potential or or, or Sox pipeline, we got to get some guys coming up well
2: top guys were like 25 plus is ridiculous
0: so i think you make a good point about the system being older schwab I, I think there's an element here where we're we're at a point where all of our prospects are graduated to an extent so it's sure. tough so i i think we're, we're gonna obviously be low on those lists um but i think rick's making an effort which i i like he's taking the the san diego approach for some reason everybody loves padres prospects we've talked about it they love their, their teenagers so we're going to transition here we got our last segment let's get pickled mush what do you got for me well
1: not really my style guy but uh jake burger's been earning a lot of my respect um and since i'm such a big food guy uh, we'd probably I'm gonna I'm gonna dabble on what I think are the top three cheeseburgers in the northwest side. Um, I don't know you guys can agree or disagree, but I got number three a nice stiff double cheeseburger from Portillos. What kind of kind I of like the uh, I don't know it's it's like the the favorite the homegrown Portillos is a salad option. Number two, I got coming in at um, Superdog, the Whooper Cheesy on Rye.
0: Superdog have good burgers.
1: Phenomenal, dude! Unbelievable. I'm you get it on had, rye bread. I've never, never had on rye. But Ooh, I am a fan of the Superdog. You haven't have had a cheeseburger of, in my friend. A I'm a fan
0: of the, of the whooper cheesy. I had no idea. With those fries burger. packed
1: in, just the buns. I'm not limits. a big
0: Superdog guy. Do you, you, yeah.
1: you drive you... I mean, I've been going there since. I... You should. You should be. I take my dad's a car. I was 15 driving over there.
0: I go to Snappy Dog. Yeah. Well, I mean, for sure, for for some sticks.
1: So, my number one, though, real quick, is one of my favorites. This Plains. Oakton and River Road. The Plush Pup. Paradise. Char Chatter Cheeseburger with Mercs.
0: That was, easily, uh, easily, hands
1: better. down the best. If you guys, you gotta, <laughs> I, you gotta I, try. So
0: it. I remember in high school we used to go. We'd we swim at yeah. Isaac's. Yeah, draft party. We would, we go, we'd go with our buddies. We'd have paradise pop and just watch the draft. And
1: summer beer. Yes. What was summer beer? We had
0: it was, yes. a, it was what? in a the baseball yeah, containers.
1: Thirty rack of ice house, a bottle or a yeah a handle of skull and then. One of those gallon oh. lemonades, yeah. and you, with like as much ice as possible, and I don't know what I don't know how it was so tasty, but everyone would be
0: like healed over after two hours. I like that's a good list. So my my let's get pickled is Joe Madden <laughs> getting canned, thirteen game losing streak. I I haven't checked what they, yeah, they they're doing tonight. And and my question for. El, the the Angels front office is why, why did it take you for a 13 game losing streak to do what everybody knew you had to do? This guy, Joe Madden, the the flubs, everybody knows how much I hate the flubs. I, I literally. Like, I,
2: you refuse to say the name. I think it's, it's clear. Out
1: it, out I, it I checked two boxes. The flub fans, or is it the flubs? It's it, like the an organization. They're, who's worse? Yes.
0: Who's worse? The answer is You yes. know my answer. So I check two box scores every night. I check the socks and I check the flubs. I, I, well, I should say I check. Your, I, you give I, some of your time to that organization. I, I, I check the socks box score. I check the Murphy's softball team box score. So
1: Schwindel's handing out picklebacks on Saturday.
0: Madden, Joe Madden. This guy finally fired. Give me a break. The Angels hire him. Like he's going to turn the Angels for the, the Angels. Thank God I'm not an Angels fan. Talk about torture. So, Joe Madden, this guy, I, I think a month ago, base is loaded. The Angels are down one run. <laughs> I this now. One out, one out. Corey Seager, yeah, yeah play they're Rangers. playing the Rangers for the White Sox play this weekend. Corey Seager steps to the plate, and it's maybe the third or fourth inning, I don't remember. Joe Madden orders an intentional walk to Corey Seager, like Corey Seager is his Barry Bonds, but like he's Barry Bonds during the steroid era. Tells Corey Seager, "Go to first base. I, I want to run in." So it's fortitude <laughs> If I'm the GM of the Angels, I I literally would if I was at that game, I would walk down to the dugout and I would tell. Joe Madden you're done. So let me it, ask you a question. Do
1: you do you feel like much like Tony Larusa? Do you feel like the
0: game is kind of surpassed Maddox mm-hmm. on that level? So I, I like that you brought up that question. I would say Tony Larusa
1: I'm not comparing <laughs> them in <laughs> no, terms No, no, it's a good resumes. comparison.
0: It's a good comparison. I think it's hard to answer because they're both so bad. And I I thought about this before tonight. I thought joe like so i thought that bases loaded intentional walk decision was the worst decision in the history of major league baseball and then tony intentional walk somebody with two strikes today and i i don't it's funny like you look at history Walking <laughs> somebody with the bases loaded like way different circumstances, and Joe's such an idiot. But nobody's ever walked, I don't think anyone's ever walked intentional walked anybody with two strikes. People are still digging that up. I don't think it's clear right now. Did he expect him to swing at one of the pitches? <laughs> I don't know. So, Joe Madden, uh, the Joe Madden, you know what it's like. I think of Joe Madden, he's just like he reminds me of the Jersey Short, like everything's so freaking gimmicky you know it's like i I, it's like i try not to suck it's like shut the fuck up joe you know it's like oh jersey shore it's like everyone loved those three years of jersey shore on mtv it's like dude (laughs) you you are just bad at your job and you just happen to be in the right situation at the right time so I'll open it up to the group. Joe Madden getting fired after the 12 game losing streak.
1: What does it compare to Jer- Jersey Shore again?
0: He's very gimmicky. He's like he loves you know the big glasses. I'm Joe oh, Madden. Yeah. Uh, you know, I try not to suck. Right. That you know when he was for the kind clubs. of like
1: he was like the fans, man. Yeah, it's <laughs> like what was hey. the what was
0: the Jersey Shore thing? It was like laundry or something. I don't what? Know. It was
1: Lt. Lt.
0: Something. Yeah. So, anyways, Andrew Chan.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh. Yeah. No. I. I like. I personally like Joe Manon. Um, oh my. Which God. I know will anger you greatly. Uh. But no, I agree. You know, he, he did all the, you know, he did the petting zoo and the magician and all that stuff. He's very very much,
0: yeah, very like much a he, gimmick. He's know. eccentric. The petting the zoo. What are we doing? He brought a goat into, right? What are we doing? It should, should, should does Tony need to bring in the petting zoo? I don't know. Listen, at this point in time, he yeah. should bring in a hairstylist to get that Tanner. dye job figured out.
2: Um I think when, when Madden when they finally got rid of Madden a couple days ago, he had a quote in there and of course I, I tried to find it right now and I couldn't. Um but it's something about, you know, like analytics. And I thought it was it was odd because he was kinda of pushing, almost pushing against analytics, and I always thought of him as a very much a, a forward thinker, analytically driven uh, manager. So I thought that I found that interesting. Um, but the the Angels are just a. I don't get how the Angels. The Angels are not equal to the sum of their parts. They're a disaster,
1: dude. I mean, look what they're doing with Joe Adele. They're ruining his career because they keep bringing him up and sending him back. <laughs> the Angels are an
2: absolute disaster. I and mean, you've got Shohei, who is like an absolute. Free, He'll like end up on the
1: Yankees doing. in two years. T- sign a five hundred I mean, million dollars contract. You know, one of the best pitchers in baseball.
2: One of the best hitters in baseball. You got Trout, who is arguably the greatest hitter of this generation. You know, they they didn't spend up pitching for a while. That was it's been a big issue. Uh, you know, both starters and relief. Um, that team is,
1: you know, Tyler Warms off to a fantastic start. Jared is he Walsh, still do it. Still, he's on the board right now. He is. Yeah, well, he came uh, out of nowhere. Am I right or no? Yeah, he's just twenty. He's twenty eight years old, and he's been twenty. What? How old is he? Same age as your boy. Uh, what's his name?
0: Yeah, Nesliny. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, he's like, a, I think he's twenty eight. Exhibit. A, he,
2: hey, Exhibit A. He's twenty eight. It's been. I mean, even like before he went the DL, like they, you know, he got hurt. They played a couple games, and like he was hitting bombs in those games, and then he still clearly was hurt because he's now on the DL. Uh, Marsh was off to a uh, hot start. He's slowed down. Rendon's on the DL. Um, Jared Walsh played really well last year. He's been solid this year. But that's a that's a franchise that just that'd be rough to be a fan of.
0: Did you guys know that um, for game thirteen that they lost? You know, every batter that walked Yo. up,
2: look at, this, look at this photograph. Nicky likes. Look at this photograph.
0: (laughs) They played Nickelback. This is how you in my Each player selected a Nickelback. Oh, my God. Talk about (laughs) hide all sharp objects if you're in the crowd. I've been (laughs) sitting around. (laughs) Did you see
2: the Angels Twitter after the game? No, I
0: didn't. They had a picture of uh, of Jack Kerr
2: Nickelback and on the Nickelback album with a a backward with an Angels hat on. Posting
0: their loss. Dude, I was like, how could you do that? Dude, if I was an Angels fan, I'd be divorced because oh. I I would literally be in the corner. You just hit Madden, I'd man. be in the corner of my house, like splitting my wrist with a butter knife.
2: The Angels are the Angels are
0: yeah. All right, so uh, enough about the Angels. We we got to wrap this thing up. First live show all together in my garage, boys. Thanks for coming out. H- had a great time tonight talking some white Sox baseball hope you guys enjoyed episode three um we'll be back next week let's hope the the white Sox get hot we got we got the rangers on tap then we go to detroit very optimistic about what lies ahead when, when the schedule softens here and and we get healthy so looking forward to it thanks guys we'll see you next time